Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I'm going to go off the radar a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In the Old Covenant, the law didn't work. God's law was holy. God's law was perfect. God's law was correct in showing man his fallen nature and his need for God. But it failed in its ability to produce righteous living in people. Amen? The Bible says that the law, the old covenant, had glory. Because when Moses went up on the mountain, the Bible says when he met with God, that the light from heaven shone and it pierced through the stone. And it wrote, literally wrote the commandments on the stone. Are you with me? What's the name of the actor? Every, every Easter Sunday, um, we watch it every Easter. Charleston Heston, Right? Come on, are you with me? How many have seen the movie? All right, try, I mean, that's, when I think of the, when I think of the law in the Old Testament, that's what comes to mind. We, we, were, we used to watch that as kids. My mother would put it on every Easter. And I don't know why, but they put it on on Easter. But anyway. So when Moses came out of the presence of God, his face was shining. But the Bible says that the children of Israel, the people wouldn't look directly at that glory. They turned their face. It's like they couldn't handle it. They couldn't take it. And what the law does, and I feel like we were studying this together, and the light just came on for me. The Bible says that the law provokes within us sinful lusts. Now, how is that? It, how could a holy law, that's Romans 7, by the way, how could a, a holy law by God do the, have the opposite effect on my lifestyle? The law is a constant reminder of sin in me. Are you with me? The law, listen, if there was no sin in me, I wouldn't need a law. Are you with me? If there was no sin in humanity, why would God have to bring a law to curb and control and correct behavior if man wasn't capable of sin? So the law constantly says to me, you have a problem. It's called sin. But the Spirit gives life. <laughs> the Spirit gives life. What does that mean? That's, that means that whoever has received, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has done what? 
it's set me free from the law of sin and death that was there. Now, the residual effects of sin is present in our flesh. And it's in the atmosphere, by the way. But at the core of our being, the Bible says, God puts his spirit in us, a new spirit, and that spirit gives life. In other words, it gives the power. It's like a nuclear power. We're, ta- we're going nuclear. Say we're going nuclear. This isn't gas power that you gotta keep feeding all the time. This is nuclear power. God says, I'm gonna put the source of life in your spirit. Because what did Jesus say? He said, listen, in the new covenant, and he was talking to the woman at the well, he says that this water that I give you to drink will cause you not to have to thirst anymore. For this water or this life that I'm giving you is gonna become in you a what? A fountain of life springing up into everlasting. How many know you don't have to tap a fountain? A fountain naturally produces what's in it. That's the source. God says, I'm putting the source of life in your spirit so that you can walk by the spirit and please me and live a righteous life. I'm giving you the spirit in you because the spirit gives life. So God says, I'm gonna put in you what you need to live a righteous life. And we have to learn, hallelujah, I was, this is just all coming together for me, but I was, I was just waiting on the Lord. I mean, that's hard to do. Shut your mind off, shut your phone off. Shut the TV off. I got the app on my phone now, that's trouble. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know you got Netflix on your phone or something you can watch. Maybe you don't, good for you. But anyway, we shut down that. I'm waiting on the Lord. And I, I felt like the Lord showed me a, a, a brain. You know, like you go to science class and you look at what the, the, the squirrely things, the, they look like intestines. You know, the brain, are you with me? And I saw this very, very fine blade go, come through and divide it in half. And I was reminded that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that the lack of victory in our lives needs to be filled with a focus. With a focus, with a direct focus on God. With a direct focus on what his word says. With a direct focus on the spirit of God that's within us. We've got to stop looking to ourselves. We've got to stop looking outside. We've got to stop looking to other things and look to God and his word and his spirit and remain focused on that and don't let go of that because faith in that will produce results. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. He says you can't do it. I'm telling you this is a law. You're either gonna love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. Are you with me? What's he talking about in the context of that in Matthew chapter six? He's talking about worrying about your life. So he says, you can't worry about the kingdom and the spirit and the things of God as you should if you are, have a divided mind. If you are constantly worried about 
and concerned and anxious. How many know the word, the word anxiety means literally a divided mind? So he says, you can't walk right. You can't be stable when you're going like this, back and forth all the time. Back and forth all the time. The spirit, the flesh, the flesh, the spirit. My life, oh my gosh, things are falling apart. God, oh, where's God? Oh yeah, that's right, God. I serve God, I have a spirit in me. Oh yeah, he can help me. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> Amen. How many know the Bible says that the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit and these things are contrary to one another? And that there's a fight and a wrestling match that goes on for us to walk by the Spirit of God and to set our focus and our attention on God and the things of the Spirit of God. One scripture, maybe, Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. In verse 20, my son, somebody say, God's talking to me. <laughs> Are any parents out there? You love your kids? Would you direct them wrong? Not intentionally. <laughs> my son, God is talking to us as a father. He said, listen, son, daughter, I have something to say to you. Give attention to my words. Attend to them. Your complete attention. That's implied. I want you to give complete attention to the words that come out of my mouth. Incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, how many know that Jesus says in the new, new covenant, he who has ears, let him hear. Well, come on, Jesus, we all have ears. Are you with me? How many know you can hear or you can listen? I, I, teach, I teach middle school students, and some of them are hearing me, and some of them are listening. More hearing than listening. <laughs> I want you to really incline your ear. I want you to bow down. And this also gives us a picture of humility and worship. It's like I'm bowing down, Lord. I, I, I don't have the answer you do, so I'm going to bow down. I'm going to submit myself to what you have to say, and I'm going to listen. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, I do believe that this is a little bit of hyperbole here because obviously we can't walk around like this all day, okay? But I believe God is saying, listen, if you depart from my word, make sure you return quickly. Don't leave for too long. Come back. Come back. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, now just real quick with this verse. For us to have to keep something would mean that it has the ability, there's an elusiveness to it, or somebody might be trying to take it. And I'll quote one of our favorites, Norville Hayes, 
You got to be like a hungry tiger. No, you don't, devil. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get this. <laughs> Sometimes we have to be aggressive with what God's talking to us about. We got to say, God, it doesn't look like it. God, it certainly doesn't feel like it, but I'm holding on to what you said to me. I'm holding on to what you said in your word. I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to keep it right here in the midst of my heart, center stage. For they are, and I wish there was a therefore here, but I believe it's implied. For, transition, they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now raise your hand if you want life. The God kind of life. Raise your hand if you want health. Yes, raise it higher, amen. So listen, in order for us to have life, health, and I believe, now remember, this is Old Covenant. I believe this is a picture of spiritual health too. If you want to be healthy spiritually, we've got to put, we've got to focus on God. We've got to focus on his word. There has to be a single-mindedness where we uh, intentionally set other things aside and intentionally remove barriers to keeping that word alive within us. And then he goes on in verse 23, and I'm not going there, to keep your heart with all diligence. So there's some work involved. But God wants us to see the value and the importance of the Spirit of God within us. Moving ahead to the new covenant, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. For those who live, verse 5, according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And those who live according to the flesh, set their minds according to the, I think I flipped that. Those who live according to the, it's cut off in my Bible. Somebody tell me what that first word is. Flesh. Thank you, sister. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Somebody say, set your mind. We've got to set it. We've got to reset it. Reset, reset, reset. You know, sometimes we, we get off. We have to reset, reset. Lisa was reading to me something recently you know, I don't know if it was uh, Lance Wallnow or somebody was, was uh, Beth Moore, I don't know. The people that are victorious in life have a, have a real ability to reset when things go wrong. People that can walk in victory, people that are successful, they don't let little things get them. They don't, they don't, let, they don't get grabbed and get brought down into the weeds. They, they can quickly reset, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to set, and then how many know we've got to reset sometimes? No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going there. And as I was just, as this was happening for me, I felt like the Lord said, you have to set some ground rules for your mind. 
You have to set some ground rules. You can't just let any thought get in there and fester and, and, and meditate on it. And, oh, gosh, let that take you to the next thought and the next thought. God says, no, you got to set some ground rules. Otherwise, the devil is going to have a carnival in your head. And if you're looking for a good set of ground rules, you can go, and this is for your reading, to Philippians 1. Well, let's go there together. You, you don't have to go there. Philippians 4, 8. You know where I'm going. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, say true. Noble, say noble. Just, say just. Pure, lovely, good report. Virtue, praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a hard conversation with yourself or with somebody else. But God wants us to set some ground rules. There's this ongoing battle I have with my dog. My kids are not helping me fight this battle. On the second floor of my home, there's a big window in their bedroom. And she loves to get up on the bed. Don't embarrass him now. She loves to get up on my son's bed and just park, man. I mean, it's perfect for her. She is on a bed. <laughs> she's a dog now. She's on a bed, and she's got full view of the neighborhood. She barks at just about anything that walks by. And she loves to be there. And when I'm home, she's not allowed over there. And I'm constantly kicking her off there, and he's constantly inviting her on there. <laughs> that's, my, that's a failure in parenting right there. I haven't made a ground rule for that one. Amen. Is that me? Sorry. And I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I just, I saw it. And the Lord showed, listen, the only way she can get in there is if you leave the door open. She has not learned to open that door. And that's the way we've got to be with our minds. We've got, listen, if you leave that door swinging wide open, here comes the enemy. Here comes those bad thoughts. Here comes what's on, on any news channel or whatever. Listen, we cannot meditate on negative things and expect positive results. God says, you've got to meditate on my word. And this became real to me recently, and I'm telling you, this is just a failure in my own life. And as I'm starting to see this, I'm like, God, help me. What do I meditate on? I was just reading in this chapter, find something. I was reading in 1 John. I preached on 1 John this morning. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the... Okay, I'm going with that. So I said, that's, that's the foremost thing in my mind. I just read it. I'm going to stop and I'm going to get that thing into the system. Listen, faith without works is dead. We can, we, can, we can do a lot of passive religious activity, but until we get involved in it, you know, it doesn't become vital in our lives. So I started to meditate on, on that. Oh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he. All of a sudden, I, that th something that was intimidating in my life, it started to look a little smaller. It looked a lot bigger before I was meditating on that. But as I was meditating on that verse, I started to see how big Jesus was. It started to become real to me. And I made a little list. <clears throat> 
and I titled it Victory in the Spirit. And I'll just end with this. Because how many know the Spirit gives life? Life. I'm talking like a force. Uh, you know, the, the Marvel thing is popular right now. Uh, there's a... Star Wars, I'm sorry, but I want you, I'm just trying to give you a visual. There's an actual power, there's a life force that we can tap into through the word of God, through the truth. Jesus said, my words, their spirit, their life. Listen, so there's an actual life force that we can tap into that can actually affect and make change in how we live. And I'll close with this. When Jesus ascended, and, and I, as I've just been, I uh, was reminded recently, he was so excited to, after he died and rose again, he was excited to get, he said, tell my disciples to go to Galilee, I'll meet him there. But then he met him along the way. He couldn't wait to get to him and say, guys, I'm alive from the dead my father is now your father. The spirit of God now is available to you guys. All these things I've been telling you, they're gonna become real in your life. And the Bible says, and I don't even know where it is. All I know is in John, I should have looked it up. No, here it is. John 20, 21. Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the father sent me, I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. He breathed on them. He breathed on them. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a reference to Genesis. When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, that's life. Not sinful life. Not adulterated life. Not dark. We're talking about life. The life of God. And he breathed on them. And then what did he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for us. The Spirit gives life. I believe I, 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 that's really in my, in my heart right now. I don't want to ruin it with something else, so let's just pray. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for, for giving us your Spirit, Father. Thank you, Father. And I just want to, just so we hear it again. Father, I want to thank you that it's your spirit that can produce the lifestyle and the victory that we are looking for in our lives, Father. The law was weak, but the spirit is strong. Father, we thank you that you've taught us not to live a double-minded life. Not to live double-minded and unstable but to be single-minded and to focus on your word, Father, to give attention to your word, Father, not to let it depart, to keep our hearts, to keep the door closed in our minds on the things that don't belong there and to walk after you. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word. 
and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.